It's the DU General, Money P. I'ma put you up on the schedule. Six to nine, eight weekdays, not doing serious. We got a lot to talk about, so much to pedal through. Unapologetically progressive. Tune to KBLA 1580 to get the mess. With your ancestors' favorite radio station. First black on talk radio, left side of the nation. Me and Dominique the Prima go way back. Smiley making sure the station stays black. Discussing all the issues in our community. We're hosting black and brown and others find unity. So let's talk about it. Maybe we can improve it. Digital underground, always down with the moon. Come on. So we tune in. The first things first with the queen of black talk radio. Dominique to Prima. Go, sis. morning and God bless. I'm Dominique DePrima. This show right here is called First Things First. My first thing every day, giving thanksgiving praises to God, asking for God's blessings, the blessings of the ancestors and the elders, and getting it going around here. We have a lot to talk about every day, all day, and you're invited in every day, all day, 800-920-1580, especially when I'm here. I love to argue with you. <laughs> I love to build with you, to have fellowship. All of that is on the table. It's engagement, reciprocity. That's how we do it. This is not a monologue. It's dialogue. 800-920-1580. So typically in the first hour, we do the left coast stuff. What's happening this side of the USA, Golden State, that part. In hour two, we usually go national, international, and beyond. And in the third hour, we do a deep dive with a person or on a topic. And uh, today, we're pretty much sticking to the script, except, you know, um, that this is a talking point Tuesday. Da-na-na-na. So today, we're going to have one of my Republican colleagues. I won't call him a friend because I've never met him before, but we'll chop it up a little bit and then we'll get your responses to that. That's always lots and lots of fun. Uh, maybe he can help me understand what's going on in the U.S. House of Representatives. Make it make sense. <laughs> so that'll be fun. We'll have a little talking point, talking point Tuesday. Um, yeah call it a debate. I don't know. Maybe this is the one Republican that I actually agree with. Well, there must be at least three of them. Um, but that's what we're doing today. And uh, that's um, Pastor David Lowry, who will be joining us. And we'll also be um, hearing from Cindy Mafu, who um, will share her very personal story with us. Um, and it's a story all of us need to listen to since Black folks and people who spend their time uh, looking for change, working for change, studying for progress, often have, well, high blood pressure and other related issues. So we'll take a look at some of the issues around that in um, Ms. Uh, 
Mafu's personal story. So we, we got a lot going on today. Right now, though, it's me, you, and this microphone, 800-920-1580, or me, you, and your telephone, 800-920-1580. And guess what? Zag Aftra is back at the table with the producers today. The AMPTP will be, they, they called. Hey, let's, let's see if we can work this thing out. I hope that is uh, good news. It's not a guarantee. Uh, what I love is that both sides are being fairly closed-lipped and just saying, you know what, let's see what happens. Let's go to the table in the spirit of making a deal and see if we can do that, make a deal. So, um, yeah. Ne- meanwhile, folks are still on the picket lines. There will be no lightning up. I've seen that. Um, we saw that with the Writers Guild when they're, um, when, you know, the AMPTP uh, walked away from the table with them and said, you guys want too much. You're not being realistic. Um, and so that, resulted in a breakdown in the talks. And then when they came back together, everyone seemed refreshed. Everyone seemed a little bit more serious about making a deal. And uh, we're, I think, on 101 days for the Screen Actors Guild um, after strike. So let's do this. Um, What seemed to be some really great news, you know, I like to start your day out with things that are, if I can, Hopeful, happy, encouraging, because we'll get to all the other stuff. And I think it's so important for us to stay encouraged and not get bogged down in this idea that uh, that we're losing. You know, if you look at what's going on in Congress or, you know, a lot of other uh, things that are happening on the world stage and on our national platforms... It can be discouraging. Washington does not seem too functional. But if you go down, dig down into cities, states, counties, you see some more encouraging news. Here's a glimmer of hope. Um, Superior Court Judge Barbara Shepper said uh, on yesterday that she is leaning towards supporting Measure ULA, which is the super important housing uh, bill that we Angelinos passed. Um, it is the one that taxes the sale of huge mansions, $5 million and $10 million up mansions. When they sell, they have to pay a tiny little tax. It's interesting that these mansions have stopped changing hands. I don't think it's just the tax. I think some of it is the really high uh, rate of borrowing money right now is, is expensive. But some of it is the tax because a lot of people hurried up and sold their mansions before that went into effect, which is so sleazy to me. I know it's your tax advisors or whatever, at least according to the LA Times, telling you to save money. But what we're asking you to do, billionaire and multimillionaires, is when you sell that 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollar mansion, that you put five on it. You know, chip in a little something, something for those people living in tents. That's really exactly what it comes down to. Well, this had been... um, had been challenged by the people that brought you Proposition 13, the Howard Jarvis Taxpayer Association, and a property owner named Newcastle Courtyards didn't like it, challenged it in court. Well, Judge Barbara Shepper said she's likely to reject those challenges to this new tax 
Real estate professionals don't like it because they get big commissions on big mansions. Rich, richy, very rich people don't like it because they like to hold on to their money. That's how they got rich. And that's fine. I, you hold on to your money. Do you, boo? But you have to be part of the solution, especially when it comes to the existential crisis of our time. And given all of the other crazy crises that are going on right now, that's saying a lot. Unhoused, unsheltered, people living in the streets. The LA Times brilliant article about how this is really a crisis in many ways of elders, senior citizens who can no longer afford LA rents or city rents anywhere in the nation. And so it's the elderly and the ill the infirm who are now living on the streets. And you see it. You see colostomy bags and wheelchairs. I saw a wheelchair tipped over on the street and a person, you know, suffering on the sidewalk. It was about a month ago. What do you do? That You ignore it? No, we have to do something about it. Well, the voters of Los Angeles did do something about it. We passed Measure ULA and then the real estate industry and the people that like to save lots of money for wealthy people, <laughs> which, okay, fine. Nice try, though. Um, we don't know for sure that this will hold. She said she was cl- inclined to find in favor of the city in each and every cause of action. She did not release a written opinion. She scheduled a case management hearing on this for December 6th. And But that doesn't mean we have to wait till December 6th because sometimes in these kinds of tentative, ru- tentative rulings, apparently judges will um, put their opinion out within weeks. So we'll see. Um, the attorneys for the people that don't want to help people get off the streets said uh, it's disappointing and that they will try um, to appeal. They say they will appeal. The Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. Um translates to wealthy people who don't want to pay their fair share. They will appeal. They say this is round one. They argue that the California Constitution prohibits cities from levying a special tax with the simple majority of voters. Looks like the judge does not agree. The ULA, um, according to this um, uh, real estate news, the ULA folks are quite encouraged who wouldn't be that's exciting news and i've got big phil on my phone calling me from los angeles hola hotep jumbo what's up big phil hello hello. hey hello hello devil don't sleep Mm. he's waking up but i do (laughs) you know what you like you know what you like a little girl with a little pink shirt on t-shirt on going to elementary school what you look like when i seen you okay oh oh you talking about taste of soul because i'm like i have on a whole blazer right now so i better not look like yeah Yeah, i was i was channeling my inner child thank you that's very kind of you come on now come on let me tell you something both sides is losing israel and gaza to me, they're all murderers, okay? Well, you murder innocent people behind power trip, killing babies and kids. It's very, very sad, okay? Both, uh, both sides murder to me, okay? But we're going to pray on it. 
And good to see you again, Dominique. You guys take care. I got I got to run now, but God bless you. Good to see you. Take good care, to Tom. see you too. I'm glad you enjoyed the taste of soul. I kept saying seeing Big Phil. I was waving at him. I didn't even know he saw me because he didn't <laughs> he didn't wave back. He was working. He was busy. He was there with the whispers. But uh, what a great celebration of community! It was so packed. I guess last year was our first year after the you know, the height of the uh, coronavirus and the shutdown. And it was raining last year, so it was a little more light. It was still a big crowd, but it was a little lighter. This year, the sun was out and the people was rolling deep. It was wild, 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 wild. But I had a great time. I got to say hello to a lot of interesting people. And, uh, well, yeah, I posted a little reel. If you want to see what I was doing, it's at um, KBLA1580 on Instagram. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and I'm broadcasting right now on the YouTubes at KBLA 1580. My personal is Deprima Radio, D-I-P-R-I-M-A. That's my last name, then radio. And please like me, like me, like me, pick me, pick me, <laughs> like, follow, subscribe. It does help. It's, it gives us a little, you know, little something, something, something extra gives us the fortification we need to thrive in a market that does not favor black businesses, BIPOC-owned, women-owned, or small businesses. But that's all right. We have each other, and we will continue to rise. Call me now. I'd love to hear from you. 800-920-1580. I'm really excited about ULA, by the way. If this judge, um, if this ruling holds, it means that not only will we see more housing, permanent affordable housing for the unhoused. We'll see uh, the transformation of some like business buildings, malls, and other things that could be made into housing and more help for those who already have places to stay but are in danger of losing them, that eviction protection and such. So really, really excited uh, by that ruling. And I hope, well, it's not a ruling, a tentative ruling. I hope it holds. Prayer works, folks. Let's uplift ULA today. Okay, a new study says that ex-inmates can help people released from county jail, and it helps both the formerly incarcerated person and the newly released individual. More good news on a Talking Point Tuesday. That's straight ahead, along with your phone calls on KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Your ancestors' favorite radio station, radio station, and your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now. Let's get back to me right now and you right now as well. 809-2015-80-809-201580. That's your um way in. Of course, your way in is also your way in to weigh in is also in the chat on YouTube or anywhere we are on social media, which is everywhere. KBLA 1580. So there is a new report that says that um, the, a, a program being done by LA County actually reduced the number of formerly incarcerated people who went back into the system, what they call recidivism. When you come out of lockup and you go right back in. So apparently this program cut recidivism by 17%. Um, and that's apparently three times more of a reduction than similar programs have been able to achieve. It's called the Reentry Intensive Case Management Services 
Boy, county got crazy acronyms, RISMs, whatever. But the idea is that you get um, people who were formerly incarcerated to help those who are coming out of the carceral system to reacclimate, to find jobs and all the things that they need to do. And apparently during the first year of this reentry intensive case management services program, 72% of those folks that were participating were not rearrested. They were not reincarcerated um, compared to 66% who were not part of this program. It's a study from Manpower Demonstration Research Corporation. And they found that um, the county's program um, was effective here. And I think it's interesting because well, first of all, we have to find ways as this country and, and in particular the state of California incarcerates people at such a ridiculously high rate, especially black people and other people who qualify, who are, I shouldn't say qualify, who are categorized as being not white. Um, Got to find ways to get people back into society in which they're not returning to that prison system, uh, a.k.a. the free labor pool known as our prison system, uh, someone called the modern-day plantation. Uh, they also were less likely to visit an emergency room and less likely to have any kind of interaction with the justice system. Now, that makes sense to me. Justice impacted individuals. It's the same thing we see with the gang intervention prevention programs that have been quite effective in L.A., right, in L.A. city and county, which is people who have been there, they've gone through what you've gone through, they've stood in your shoes, <laughs> and they know what it takes to find your way forward. And there are so many unnecessary obstacles for people who are coming out of incarceration, like the fact that it's difficult to get jobs, the fact that you are barred from certain kinds of licenses and certain kinds of employment that you could never, ever do. To me, that is double jeopardy. But there are programs that are working. There are resources, and many times those incarcerated individuals do not know how to access those programs. I mean, look, I've talked to people, people I know who are trying to get, you know, a new way of life. Yeah, shout out to Susan Burton and, the, and that organization, A New Way of Life. They're trying to do that, and they don't know where to turn. So, um, you know, props to the county and props to us, the voters of L.A., L.A. County, who continue to support these care first and alternative uh, alternatives to incarceration type of programs. That's what we, the voters, have asked for. And even though these folks like the so-called police unions like to challenge us in court, we've held steady and those programs um, often are astoundingly effective. Uh, let's go to Queen calling us from L.A. Good morning, Queen. Queen Mama Tabia, greetings, um, Dominique. Tabia, long time no hear from. Yeah, I finally found you all Saturday. Um, one of the cases, so uh, so I'm glad to be back on board on your ears. I, I, I want to talk to you today about General Jeff slash Gladys. Rest Clark. in peace. Yeah. Yes, we're having a mural re- re- revealing um, that Saturday, the 28th. 
and the festival's from 12 to 4, and we're going to be revealing the mural we've been working on the last few weeks. Where is this taking place? At Gladys Park, and it's going to be renamed General Jack Park. What? I did yes. not know that. I love that. Look, for those who don't know General Jeff, General Jeff was a uh, former rap artist who turned um, Skid Row activist, people's activist, um, just a really dedicated soldier for the community. And uh, I used to have him on my show. Uh, he, I've seen him stand up for so many people. And uh, I remember, you know, one time he, me, me and him got in a, to an argument because he said, you know, African pastors shouldn't be leading African-American flocks. And as a result, he ended up coming to the African Focus Awards with us and having such a great time. And it's just a really just a wonderful memory. I just, yeah, I love that. I love that. It's not easy to get a park renamed. That's right. That's right. And it's in honor of him that we're doing this. And um, I'm just excited to have gotten in touch with you beforehand to give you the opportunity to be there if you can. Okay. Well, I don't know. I think I'm already, uh, I think I have a, I've changed my policy about funerals. Like I don't like funerals because I, they, you know, for a lot of reasons, but I realize you have to go. And I, I think well, I'm going to a home going on that day. But well, um, what time is it? It's from 12 to 4, and it's not a funeral. It's a festival. No, I'm talking about a funeral that I have to, that I'm going to. Oh, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you said it was a festival, an unveiling of a mural, and I'm I'm assuming that General Jeff is on the mural. <laughs> yes, yes, beautifully. <laughs> yes, if I should say so myself. So, um, festival, you're going to have music, you're going to have um, food. And people you haven't seen in ages. I bet. <laughs> I love that. Festival featuring people you haven't seen in ages. Well, I, I'm so, so, see, now you just uplifted my morning. I love that. You know that they say when you say people's names, um, their spirit lives on, they're not forgotten. And uh, General Jeff is one whose name deserves to be said. Not as widely known as he should be, but somebody who contributed tremendously to the well-being of the people of Los Angeles and who was advocating on behalf of the unhoused before it was popular to do so. I say, uh-huh, absolutely. So how'd you well, find us, Tabia? Queen Tabia. Hmm? When I think of General Jeff, I think of you, because I think of us being up early at 4.30 in the morning, listening to the front page, and getting Dominic DePrima to be on point, and, and praising her for doing that for so many years, those, um, those, ooh, those hours. So, so, so thank you for, for, for continuing your legacy and, and giving us the information that we need. And I look forward to many, many, many mornings. Of, of Thank you, Tabia. So appreciated. Yeah, I did 4.30 to 6 for almost 17 years. Now I'm 6 to 9. I'm moving on up <laughs> to drive time with Tavis Smiley. I'm glad you found me, Tabia. I'm glad to be found. I hope you'll tell some folks we don't have those giant TV commercial, super massive billboard dollars that some of these corporations that we go toe-to-toe with on the daily half, but we have the hood grapevine and the people's love, and that is all we need. So much appreciation. Uh, Glad to have you back, and I hope you will tell a friend, download the app, 
and sample all of the shows. We've got some amazing shows on this radio station. Um, so welcome aboard. We got news, traffic, and sports right now. Then more of your phone calls only on KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More first things first with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. I do appreciate you, 800-920-1580. I'm also waking up with you, by the way. <laughs> it's a two-way street because trust and believe if I was not on this microphone, uh, I would be uh, sleeping right now. I'm <laughs> pretty sure Miles would be too. But anyways, okay, so healthcare workers on strike now. The season of strikes continues. Uh, this is... Um, in Burbank, a five-day strike um, at Providence St. Joseph Hospital. And hospital management says this will not impact patient care one bit. Hmm, that sounds not true. Um, this is, uh, you know, again, a situation where the healthcare workers say they're far away from what management is offering and this is lab technicians, phlebotomists, EMTs, patient transporters, EVS workers. They're all hitting the picket line uh, and they'll be on strike all week. Um, they say they have replacement workers to fill in for striking union members. We call those scabs. I'm not sure I'll be, I would want, feel comfortable with that. Um, outrageous story about the LA hotels. Did you... These are the ones that really test my politics. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be straight up about it. Uh, the fact that these L.A. area hotels have been hiring um, asylum seekers, in other words, undocumented workers who are here seeking refugee status. They are allowed to work illegally while they're here. But these are workers, these are migrants who have been bussed in from Texas and now they're breaking strikes in LA. Ah, oh, hell no. That's a big no for me. Um, you know, I get that they got to feed their families. I get all that, but no, you don't get to come here and cross picket lines. I don't care if you're a migrant or not a migrant. And now uh, district attorney, George Gascon is investigating the working conditions for those migrants. Okay, cool investigate the working conditions but let's in, you know um because it i guess hiring replacement workers as they are euphemistically called is legal but um it's shady as hell it is shady as can be and the people that are supposed to p pay for that are those hotels um it also shows you the many ways in which these Republican states deciding to send people here because our tax dollars keeping their states afloat is not enough. They want to also send people here uh, for us to um, absorb into our economies. Uh, Angelica Salas, executive director of Coalition for Humane Immigrant Rights, Los Angeles, Chirla, Quoted in L.A. Times saying the actions by the hotels are indefensibles and indefensible and that staffing agencies and companies are taking advantage of the dis desperation of it, these individuals. No kidding. Okay, let's go to Queen calling us from Los, An uh, 
Los Angeles. Oh, we already talked to Queen. I'm tripping. Uh, Queen Tabia. Yeah, she was talking about General Jeff. And I didn't want to say arrest in power to General Jeff. Um, so happy to hear his name. And I'm really glad that he's getting a park named after him. What could be more fitting? According to researchers at UC San Francisco, unhoused people in the city of San Francisco are 16 times more likely to just die out of nowhere, just die, than San Franciscans who have a place to live. I mean, it's, you can follow the logic there, but 16 times, I mean, I would think, okay, maybe they're twice as likely to die. You know, it does seem dangerous. People aren't getting the care that they need for, um, whatever conditions, pre-existing conditions they have when they become unsheltered. Many times they're elders, they're, they're cold, they're hot, they're, you know, probably not getting their medicine. But this was published by uh, the, the JAMA Internal Medicine Journal. And it followed the autopsies of almost a thousand people. 151 of those were homeless people who died suddenly in San Francisco County over an eight-year period. And that analysis showed that homeless individuals are 16 times more likely than their house neighbors to die from things like a simple health crisis. You know, something happens to you, say you get appendicitis or some other kind of infection and boom, you're gone because you're not getting the care you need and there's no one no one right there to help you. Or from drug ODs, that could be addressed with Narcon or some other kind of intervention. Um, and things like, def- you know, those defibrillators and things that help people uh, to survive something like a heart attack. Um, things that we can, we do have the technology to save people from if they have access to it. And one of the things they're talking about as a result of this study is putting more defibrillators in public places. I'm not against that if it's going to save lives. But I think, you know, housing would be preferable. Um, Of course, ideally, we would do both. Um, but, you know, it, 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 to me, it just points up this idea that we have got to prioritize the unhoused and why I was so delighted to read that a judge appears to be leaning towards um, supporting the city and the voters, by the way. We, the voters who approved Measure ULA um, to create more housing for those who need it, permanent supportive housing to convert new, uh, old, you know, properties into new homes, which is something we were not able to do under measures HH and HHH, and to um, help keep people housed, like the work of Stay Housed LA, Stay Housed LA uh, website. If you're on the brink of being evicted, check in there. You can find out about resources. And the fact that if you are moving, if you're being forced to move because your rent has gone up more than 10% and you can't afford it, even if it's legal for the landlord to do that, that landlord is now going to be 
responsible for helping pay for your move. And it, it can add up to many thousands of dollars to help you get situated in a place you can afford. These are the kinds of things, resources that folks don't know about um, that make all the difference in the world, right, to a person on the edge of being houseless. Um, for certain individuals who qualify, you could get legal help. And the passage of ULA, especially if those super wealthy individuals and their advisors decide to stop doing everything they can to avoid paying this tax uh, will make a huge difference in the houseless situation. Because one of the biggest problems we have here in LA, I imagine it's in other cities too, but I, I've seen the data here in LA, is that even though we're housing people at a very fast rate, people are falling into these streets at a very fast rate as well. And historically, they've been falling into the streets at a faster rate than we've been able to get them off of the streets. So that is why things like um, eviction protection, most landlords, when they evict you, they go to court with an attorney. The majority of tenants go to court without an attorney. Ha! <laughs> Talk about bringing a knife to a gunfight. I'm not anti-landlord, by the way. I have friends who are landlords. Are you're too hard on landlords. No, it's not that. There are plenty of great homeowners uh, that rent their properties, lots of mom and pop landlords, but many of these are corporate landlords and even some of the mom and pops are gouging. Just because you can charge that much doesn't mean you should. Do you need to? I'm not saying don't make a profit. You know, in the moment we live in a capitalist society, you're meant to make a profit. But you don't have to be a predatory capitalist. You don't have to gouge people until they end up unhoused. It's stayhousedla.org, stayhousedla.org. If you qualify, you could get a free attorney. If you don't qualify, they'll put you in touch with an organization that can take you step by step through the process. You might not have to get evicted. You might be able to negotiate with your landlord. You can find out what your rights are. You can get help in court. You can find out if you qualify for those relocation dollars that can assist you in moving from someplace that you can't afford to someplace you can afford. And it's stayhousedla.org. Um, you know, these are the things that I think about when I hear things like unhoused people in San Francisco are 16 times more likely to die suddenly than people that have a place to live. To me, that um, that is urgent. That that that's an urgent situation, and we know it's got to be just as serious here in Los Angeles as um, as anywhere else, because Los Angeles, you know, it's it's a great place to live. It's a beautiful space to be, but it's not the easiest place in the world. You know. <laughs> You got to be here to know it. 800-920-1580. I'm Dominique Dupreman. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. The station you turn to when you had it up to here with cultural incompetence. KBLA Talk 1580. Find a righteous range and don't be afraid to say what you see. For KBLA Talk 1580. 
We are, and you are welcome in, 809-20-1580. So, Adam Schiff, Congressman Adam Schiff, you know he's running for Senate. He's running against uh, Katie Porter and Barbara Lee. I believe there's probably some other folks in the <laughs> race. I know there's at least one Republican. The ones I'm tracking are those three. And, of course, LaFonza Butler, who was appointed by the governor to fill that spot in the Senate has decided not to run. I'm sure that's a relief to the other Democrats in the race because even though she would be at a disadvantage getting in late in the game, she would have been a formidable foe given her union ties and her organizing background. So Barbara Lee running behind in this race doesn't mean she can't catch up. She is the only black woman running at this point. Um, the, 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 it's a tough field. You know, three good candidates, um, but clearly, uh, and, and you know, and um, we'll talk more about that as time goes on, but I bring it up because Adam Schiff is sponsoring now a bill uh, along with um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to, um, and also Donald Norcross of, of New Jersey, to let striking workers collect unemployment benefits. Now, Governor Gavin Newsom just vetoed this in the state of California, but Schiff is bringing it to the national stage. And while it's highly unlikely that it would pass because Republicans control the House of Representatives, and I I say control with air quotes around it because they haven't been able to elect a speaker, so control is used lightly. However, um, it's not... In other words, it's very unlikely that it would pass. But it's important because it's bringing this conversation to the national stage. I think New Jersey and New York are the only states that do allow striking workers to get unemployment benefits. Schiff's bill would uh, say that after you've been on strike for two weeks, you could start collecting unemployment benefits or the, the minute you get locked out by an employer, you're eligible for those EDD benefits. It's the Empowering Striking Workers Act of 2023. It is backed by the Screen Actors Guild, um, the uh, AFTRA, and the WGA, among others. Again, it's probably not going to pass, but these are the kinds of things you can create momentum uh, on the national stage for. And as we see more of the American public embracing re-embracing the concept of organized labor, renewing their commitment to workers getting a better deal, which is important and necessary right now, given the insane corporate profits and the just outsized paychecks of the CEOs of companies. The gap between workers and um, corporate CEOs being bigger than ever, you know, the old, the rich getting richer, that old trope, well, that's a reality. So as more and more Americans embrace labor unions and we start thinking about what does that really mean? What does it mean to protect workers? What does it mean to get a fair share, uh, a good deal, to go on strike, to be protected? This conversation becomes potentially much more popular, gains momentum, like a lot of other good ideas like marriage equality and other important you know, the legalization of cannabis, which also, as D.L. Hughley said yesterday on this radio station, needs a national bill, a federal um, legalization, decriminalization uh, statute, because 
the the mishmash and and patchwork of different rules in different states doesn't make sense. So as a mo- Americans enter a an era of more organized labor, more pro union mindsets, perhaps uh, this bill will open start to open people's minds and open the conversation to get to where we need to be which is if I have to go out on strike against you for a fair deal I should be able to draw on the money that I've invested into the unemployment system to support me while I am in need let's talk about it I'm Dominique Dupree that's what we do around here we are KBLA talk 1580 Say the quiet part out loud. KBLA Talk 1580. Only one in... We're not for everybody, but we're for everybody. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. We're not for everybody. I know I'm not. But but uh, but I'm for you, 800-920-1580. Okay, so police commission meeting today. I don't want to forget to talk about that. L.A. Police Commission meets at 930 this morning. Akili was on here talking about it yesterday because today rumor has it, or I guess the um, the word on the street is that the police commission is going to rule that the killing of Keenan Anderson, who died after being tased six times by LAPD for a long time, every single time, the young teacher um, who was killed in Venice <clears throat> at the beginning of the year uh, will be ruled in policy. So a lot of folks want to show up speak out against that um, and see what can be done. Uh, so that, if you want to be part of it, police commission meeting is at 9.30 this morning. And you can also call in if you want to make a comment um, by phone. Uh, you can call and you can go on the uh, city website and get all the info you need um, to participate in that. Um, it's important. I think, you know, we, we did see an eruption of more protests at the beginning of this year around the killing of Keenan Anderson. It was a traffic stop. If you remember, um, he appeared to be having a a mental health, some kind of a mental health situation, but it was a traffic stop. He flagged down the cop and then they ended up tasing him six times. He died shortly thereafter. And it was just a tragic case, um, which initially uh, Chief Moore's comments seemed to indicate that he felt it was out of policy because of the number of times that Mr. Anderson was tased and the duration of those tases. I believe Keenan Anderson was 31 years old, if I'm not mistaken, a teacher beloved by his students from L.A. but had relocated uh, to another area and was in town visiting, gets into a minor traffic, um, you know, like a fender bender type type situation and ends up dead. And it's one of the reasons why um, so many people are advocating to get cops out of stops. That includes our own council member Marquise Harris Dawson and the LA City Council and Senator Steve Bradford, who's, you know, working on passing a bill that would make it where, um, the we can waive the requirement that a sworn officer has to be involved in traffic stops. There's no reason that a busted tail light or fuzzy dice in your car means that you need someone with a gun to tell you to fix it. Uh, you know, traffic um, traffic departments or transportation departments could have unarmed civilian um, people 
civilian workers that do these stops. That's what we're advocating. It could have saved the life probably of a Sandra Bland, probably of a Keenan Anderson and many others. So um, say his name, Keenan Anderson, and let's uh, track today's police commission meeting. Time for a real talking point Tuesday on when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580.